Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to Overeaters Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 20th, 2012. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action, and we are on page 84, the very bottom of that page, the paragraph that begins, and we have ceased fighting. The reference number, the reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, is 3533. That's 3533. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who recover from compulsive overeating, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I would like to ask Argerarini to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Irini. 
And now, Margaret, if you would please read the 12 traditions. Thank you so much. Good morning, Vision for You. Uh, this is Margaret H. from Illinois, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, our overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, overeaters anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book, and we are into action, and we are on page 84, the very bottom of that page, the paragraph that begins, and we have ceased fighting. And I would now like to ask Esther to read for us. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Esther. I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. 
We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Wow, and this paragraph, which is also um, termed the 10-step promises, this paragraph so beautifully describes what my relationship with food is now like. Um, You know, when I first came into program, and I was abstinent very nicely, I, I did not do the steps the way they're outlined in the big book, so I was not achieving, um, you know, the the, the objectives of, of the steps. So I was just abstinent. And, you know, in that gl- glorious first couple of years, as all that weight was coming off, everything was fine. But at some point, it started to be hard for me to be abstinent. And everything that I was experiencing in terms of my relationship with food was completely the opposite of what I read here. I, I was fighting it, and, and when I would tell people about it, all I heard was, well, you know, you got to take that tiger out of the cage three times a day. And I'm thinking, well, if I have to be, you know, crazy and fat or crazy and slim, I guess, you know, irritable and slim is probably a better way to go. And I, I assume that that was, you know, the best that, that I could do, you know, in, in this program here. But then I uh, attended a meeting such as this one, which where I learned, um, you know, to follow directions of the big book, to do the steps as they're outlined here. And I heard people say that it that doesn't have to be like that, that being um, recovered doesn't mean, you know, white-knuckled abstinence forever and ever. Um, and I, you know, and all, we had read paragraphs such as this paragraph, and and I learned that it doesn't have to be like that and it could be different. And and that's how it is today, where where I, uh, the mention of food would turn, you know, turn me on or turn me off, whatever the case is. It's not like that anymore. Um these words here that they describe, I'm not fighting it, not avoiding temptation, a posi- position of neutrality, um, uh, safe and protected. It's a nice place to be. I don't have to uh, worry about being at uh, affairs where there's food that I don't eat. It doesn't um, bother me in any way. It doesn't even enter my mind to, you know, to be nervous about it. I'm not, um, aff- you know, afraid, as it, this paragraph mentions, and, and also not cocky, not feeling like... Um, you know, I, I don't eat that stuff anymore. Uh, you know, don't understand why everyone else is eating it or anything like that. It's just uh, a, a new relationship with food where food is just what I, food is for me, you know, what I need to, to maintain a healthy body. But my relationship um, with food is no longer, um, you know, you know, waiting, anticipating, you know, from meal to meal or anything like that. And in, in fact, it says this um, paragraph says where is it just comes without any effort on our part, Me- meaning I wasn't even aware that th- this would be the case until it happened, and I realized suddenly, look, things are different. Um, and that's, um, for me, really the biggest gift because that's what I wanted more than just to, you know, to be slim, you know, and in a healthy body weight, which is which is why I came to program, was to have a relationship with food that was a, a neutral relationship and not one of love and hate. Uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Go ahead, Miss Kim. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, I wish they read these promises 
and the meetings more frequently or as opposed to the nine-step ones because this is why I came to OA. You know, I wanted to be free from the bondage of food. I didn't want to be thinking about food 24-7, whether I was binging or whether I was just being abstinent all day long. It was my focus was always on the food. So these promises, these 10-step promises, is the reason I came to OA. Because the miracle of this program today isn't that I don't have to eat. The miracle of this program is I don't want to eat. So I'm just going to pull out two of these promises. It says, we react sanely and normally, and we will find this has happened automatically. Now, what does it say in, in step two? It says step two, we came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. So doesn't that, doesn't that just kind of assume that we're insane in the beginning? We wouldn't need to be restored to sanity if we weren't insane to begin with. And here, we've done all this work. We've done the action steps. We've, we've made our amends. We're starting to live this life on a daily basis. So we have been restored to sanity. Because we will find it happened automatically. Well, the reason I think it happens automatically is when I am working a program of abstinence only. I'm, I'm that crazy. I'm nuts. But when I put the food down, accepted the fact that I am a compulsive book reader, that I have this out of the body and will never, ever, ever be able to have those foods again. Then I was able to address the larger aspect of our disease, which is the compulsion of the mind. And I kept the focus on working these steps. I kept the focus on moving forward in this book. I kept the focus on listening to what my sponsor had said and developing that relationship with God. And because I kept the focus on that, I didn't even really realize all the changes that I was going through. That transformation was happening as I took those action steps. So when I got to this point and I realized I recoiled as if from a hot flame, that I was neutral with the food, it seemed to happen automatically because my focus was on becoming recovered. My focus, my goal, my aim was establishing this relationship to the higher power. And the other one is we're neither cocky nor are we afraid. Now, that explains my whole experience in OA. I was cocky. Well, I have the best food plan. If everyone ate like me, then everyone could be thin like me, and everyone's going to be happy because I can tell you what to do, and this is what it is, and all you people that eat these types of foods, you're wrong. Or I was afraid. Oh, my God. I thought I'd have this in the house. What if someone brings this to work? What if I'm going to a restaurant and they have my favorite thing? What if I smell this? What if something's in the trash and I'm going to dig it out again? I'm terrified, I'm terrified, I'm terrified, I'm white knuckled. So that is not my experience. I'm neither cocky nor am I afraid. And why is that? Because that is my experience and that is how I react as long as I keep in sick spiritual condition. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Verna in Arlington, Massachusetts. Go ahead, Verna. Hi, uh, my name is Verna, and uh, I, I call myself a food addict, and uh, just an abstinent food addict, compulsive overeater. Um, I love this um, reading. This is, uh, in our meetings, uh, we do read the Hidden Promises. They're called the Hidden Promises or the Tenth Step Promises and in conjunction with the Ninth Step Promises. So I hear this pretty much at every meeting I go to. And what it has said to me over the years, and I love it, is that we don't, you know, the fight is over. The fight is over. 
surrender to win. And um, and by the time of the 10th step, as we've walked through the steps, this sanity will have returned. Uh, we'll seldom be interested in liquor or in food. And that has been my experience as well. Um, oh, gosh. Um, we have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. And I do react as if from a hot flame. Um, if tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. I have had that uh, experience. Uh, the food, you know, I'm very neutral around the food, and I'm so grateful for that. I've got over eight years of back-to-back. I've been around about 23 years, and most of that time abstinent with, you know, absent with very clear guidelines and freedom from the bondage. And um, I've experienced this where sometimes if things happen, it's like somebody's trying to offer me something, and I'm like, no, thank you. You know, it's not my food. Um, and I'm just so grateful, but I've had that sense of recoiling as if from a hot flame, like, Ugh, you know, um, you know, don't even get close to me. Um, and that's not a fear-based thing, but it's just like, no, it's not my food. Uh, I was at the movies yesterday with a friend, and she had... Uh, you know, the big container of whatever, and it's not my food. She was offering it to me. And there I am smelling it as she's eating it and so forth, uh, watching this great movie. And But it was not my food, and after a while I didn't even remember that she had it, and she just went on munching. So I'm so grateful. Um, it does just come if we've really surrendered, I believe anyway, in my experience. Um, had that God, um, you know, that uh, uh, the awakening of the Spirit, um in the 12th step that it talks about. And um, I'm just so grateful because there is freedom. There is real, true freedom. And this explains it. And that is our experience. That is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So it's not a one-time thing, an overnight thing. Rather, it's something that um, we maintain because every day is a new day. Every day, um, you know, we renew. I renew my commitment to abstinence on my knees in the morning and my surrender to God and his will for the day. And so and then I do the different disciplines and tools that I've been taught to do and I've learned that I love to do the readings in the quiet time. And so long as I keep in fit spiritual condition, you know, studying the big book, working the steps, doing the step work, uh then we can remain in fit spiritual dish- condition at least you know, each day, and and I've had some very significant experiences happen to me. Some very, a really big one lately. That really, really a throttling one that you know kind of pulled the rug out from under my feet. It's like a huge punch in my gut. You know, and I don't have to react by indulging in my compulsion, and um, and I'm free from that. So I am so actually grateful. That position of neutrality, safe and protected. I've had that for a long time, and uh, I don't take it for granted. Not one day. You know, I don't take it for granted because uh, I've been around the block. I know what happens, and I've seen what happens as well in myself as others. So I'm not fighting it, uh, and I'm not avoiding temptation. I just merely go through my day. Um, my food is concrete, you know, and the rest of life is uh, part of the growing process. And so I'm just very grateful for that, uh, and I'm very, very grateful for these promises and that as someone else had noted, she'd love to hear it more often. I do hear it very often at my meetings. I'm ever grateful for that. So thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Hannah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hi. This is Hannah Yetta, and I'm a food addict from Dallas, Texas. And I want to thank you all. I love this thing, and it's my first time on this meeting. Um, So I, I love... 
um, where it talks about that we are in neutrality, safe and protected. When I hear those words, I actually can almost feel God's arms hugging me. It is like every time I hear it, and we say it at our meetings every week, and so every time I hear it, I, I just feel this big hug, you know, that I'm safe and protected in God's hands. And it, it's just amazing. It, it's like a, a renewal of, you know, my, um, you know, just a renewal of, of how I feel that I that I know that God is there with me all the time. And um, and then and then it also says the the um, and not fighting it, and it happens automatically. You know, for years and years, I was in. Um, I've been. I've been in programs since uh, 1981, July of 1981. Uh, I've been uh, a, a different type of abstinence uh, since, uh, since a little over seven, about seven years and four months ago. I started, you know, really being uh, much more structured in, in my program and that I weigh and measure my food and I don't eat sugar and flour and sugar substitutes or caffeine. And all of a sudden, you know, I can clearly see things. I, I cannot, I mean, it's, it's amazing and for the first time in my life, I, I got off like almost all my medicine, my diabetes medicine, my blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medicine, anxiety medicine, depression medicine, all of it's gone. Now I've had to go back on a little bit of high blood pressure medicine, but that's just thesis. It's not your size. It's just your precondition. So um, so anyway, but I really um, I love where it's just safe and protected. And um, as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition and you know, I too know that it's, it's a daily reprieve. We have one day at a time. Every day is another choice, and every day I can choose whether I'm going to, you know, eat compulsively or if I'm going to choose to be abstinent with uh, with God's help. And and I believe that with God's help and my willingness, anything's possible, and um, that I can do anything uh, for, you know, a day you know, 24-hour period that, you know, if I thought I had to keep it up for a lifetime, would just, like, drive me crazy. And if somebody would have said 32 years ago, I'd still be doing this, I would have told them they were crazy. But thank you, guys, that I'm still here and I'm still working these steps and I'm still trying to be the best I can be, the best me I can be. And for the first time in the last couple of years, I've really gotten to the core of the onion, you know, and, and I'm really working on some very deep issues. And and finding out who the really me is, who I really am, my inner self, and it is absolutely amazing. I'm finding that I'm really, I really like me, and it's really, it's really a neat thing um, to be able to look and be inside and to look at the little girl inside that needed a lot of care and, and love and understanding when she was little and didn't get it, and I'm giving that to her today. And it's because these promises come true. It's because they come true, and because I work the steps, and I... And I stay abstinent, and I do all the tools. I'm so grateful for every single tool, and and I use them every day. And uh, so with that, I'm going to pass. And thank you so much for being here. And um, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Talietta. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, this this is, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone anything or anyone. And how has that happened? You know, I like to be reminded that we have that we are in step ten here. We are talking about what happens to us when we have finally arrived at step ten, when we've done the work, especially of steps four through nine. And how does that happen? You know, how does that happen that we're in this place of neutrality? 
you know, why are we in this place of neutrality? Well, we have step 10 we were, we were studying yesterday. That's step 10 when we're continuing the process of living the steps consistently, constantly, consistently, constantly. And we have these four things that we're practicing that keep us in that place, that have helped get us in that place and keep us in that place. You know, we are in the world of the spirit, we are being told. But it's not an overnight matter, and it has to happen one day at a time. You know, that we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. We ask God to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately, and then we turn ourselves to those we would help. If we're practicing those four things every day, consistently and constantly, then we stay on the beam. You know, they call it being on the AA beam, being on the OA beam. And when we're on the beam, we're in that place of neutrality, safe and protected. When we're on the beam, we feel that and we react in ways that are sane. You know, I don't know about you, but I spent a lifetime running away from the food or running towards the food. I was never at peace. I never had that ease and comfort that I so sorely sought. I never had it. But I have it now because we are keeping in fit spiritual condition by working this program of action. Into action. We are in the chapter into action. You know, we, we don't rest where we are. We continue to do this work, but we do it one day at a time. You know, and in that way, I can react sanely and normally, at least as, as much as I am able to, but only if I stay on the beam. Only if I stay on the beam. You know, because then love and tolerance is my code, it says. And I am living in the world of the spirit. You know, I'm living close to my higher power and asking God at every moment of the day to be there with me. And that's when it... I don't have to fight anymore. Thank God I don't have to fight anymore. And that's what it's really saying to me. You know, it has been removed, this problem, when I'm living in that world of the spirit, when I'm on the beam. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning, it's Leah. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Another power-packed paragraph this morning. It says, by the, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. Well, since this is a big book study, I would just like to take the opportunity to contrast this. this is, these are the results of the program of recovery, what we're reading here in this paragraph. But I'd like to take a minute just to step back earlier in the text and read what it was like prior to recovery. And that can be found on page 24, page 24. In the middle of the page there, it says, the almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of the kind of defense 
that keeps one from putting his hand on the hot stove. And that was truly the case for me prior to recovery. I couldn't remember the pain. I couldn't remember the tears from the night before. I couldn't remember the torture. The only thing I could remember was that sense of ease and comfort, which was going to come to me at once after taking a few bites. That's the insanity. That's the insanity. Because if you burn your hand badly on a hot stove, you, you should always remember that. Chances are you're never going to put your hand on a hot stove because you're going to remember the pain and the suffering. But I could not because I was a real compulsive overeater and I was powerless. Now, after the transformation of these steps, specifically steps four through nine, these are the results. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. I've been restored to sanity. I can remember who and what I am. I can see the truth about myself. That is the goal, the objective, and the aim of this program of recovery is to get to a point where we are recovered. And what is the question regarding that? The question is, has the obsession of the mind been removed? Has my obsession of the mind been expelled? And certainly, if I am tempted and I recoil from it as from a hot flame, the answer is yes. Yes, the obsession of the mind has been expelled. It has been driven out. I recoil as it from a hot flame. It sounds as insane to me as deliberately sticking my fingers into a flame and watching my flesh melt. That sounds insane, doesn't it? Well, well now the sanity has been restored to me. It says we react sanely and normally. See, I remember. I remember who and what I am. I see the truth about myself. Oh, if I pick up those substances, it's going to trigger the phenomenon of craving, the allergy of my body. I remember that. Just like a person who's lost their legs, they, they, they understand. They don't fight the fact that they've lost their legs. The person who has cancer accepts he has cancer. The person who has AIDS accepts he has AIDS. The person that's blind accepts that he cannot see. I accept that I have this allergy of my body. Further in the paragraph, it says, instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. God has restored my sanity. Is this about personal success? Absolutely not. This is about cooperating with the grace of God. This is about taking responsibility for the program of recovery, for, my, for these action steps, and cooperating with the grace of God. So long as... So we are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. This is how we react as long, so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. What does that mean to me? That means as long as I keep that spiritual sludge, the dishonesty and the self-centeredness and the resentment and the fear from clogging the channel to God. Because the quality of my consciousness determines the quality of my life today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yeah, this is Penny C. Janice. Go ahead, Miss Penny. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Penny C., com- recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so often uh, I've heard the, these, what we call, to the hidden promises read at face-to-face meetings, and when, did, when a newcomer or somebody who's still struggling uh, with their food hears this, it seems uh, so often I've heard people that are just unbelieving, people that have spent, as I did, 
years and years and years of being controlled by by the obsession by the food can't believe that we could come to this stage of development and and i i've got i've been questioned over and over again questions like you know just when did it happen it says it, it you know it says it just comes well when when did this guy my answer is I'm, i don't know for sure it just happened and then how long did it take now precisely how long were you in in working the 12 steps or how long were you abstinent before you had the, the these um promises i don't know i don't know when it happened i just know that it has happened and yes indeed it is a miracle so for some people it sounds too like that if we just get to this point then we can go merrily along our way and and that it sounds like we can be cured and i know today that even though you know i am recovered i'm not cured and that's a really important principle that i need to pass along to sponsees and to newcomers is that i'll never be cured and so that last sentence becomes the warning if you will yeah all this all this has happened to me however it's how we react and here's the warning so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition so what's the the uh opposite well if i don't keep in spiritual condition we'll go back to page 24 that lay just read you know it, it, this is not something that's free and here we go again you know freedom isn't free it's not just we don't go merrily along our way we have to really commit ourselves i had to commit myself to keeping in fit spiritual condition because without that i'm going to eat again that's the simple truth of it i'm going to eat again so with that i pass and thank you for listening thank you penny would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on this is larry go ahead larry <laughs> larry and then patricia Hi, this is Larry, compulsive overeater from Chicago. Um, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, was maybe my thought, and I wouldn't share that with you because that's you know that's that's probably rude when I come into a program. But really, that was the paradigm by which I came into the program. I heard these promises early on, and I came from a place. What was my mindset? My mindset was I was coming from a place of lack of what I didn't have, couldn't do, was unable to. Clearly, you know, I couldn't solve this food problem. So why in the world would I come into this program and believe these promises? You know, and what I've come to learn experientially is is that I needed to be able to accept that it was possible for me without having evidence, prior evidence, to show me, personally, to show me that it was possible for me. I had to surrender and accept that these were possible. And that was very difficult for me because, I, you know, because I was driven by science, measurement, quantification of all things. So hearing, you know, sort of, for me, coming into the program, pie-in-the-sky promises that, are you kidding me? 
I'm going to be able to recoil from food as from a hot flame, from the bakery box, the cellophane bag. I have nothing in my experience that would suggest that that is possible for me. So prove it. Now, all the while, I saw people around me that were having just this experience. But, of course, early on in the program, my mind was, well, they're different because I am terminally unique. I was terminally something, but I wasn't terminally unique coming into this program. What I've learned is that, you know, as we hear oftentimes, you know, as you think, so shall you be. We, we, act, we, we act, we take action based on our prevailing thoughts. And once I began to surrender, 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 accept that there's a power greater than Larry, it was then that I was coming from a mindset in which, in which I could take appropriate action based on that. And oh boy, then I saw these promises. But if you're someone like me, um, and maybe there's no one on the call that was like me, but I suspect there probably was. If you're someone like me that is just having a hard time accepting the promises, you don't want to put yourself out on a limb and talk too much about it, but that's what it's in your mind. That's your mindset. Then, you know, it's more surrender. And I pr if I don't have the willingness to accept something, boy, was I given good advice at some point, then pray for the willingness. And maybe it'll come on God's time, not my time. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Patricia, go ahead. Yes, this is Patricia. Did you say something? Yes, go ahead, Patricia. Yeah, sorry, I was unmuting. Um, I just wanted to point out the, the very first sentence that we cease fighting anything and anyone. I've been fighting everyone my entire life. Um, and, you know, on page 61 where it talks about how we try to arrange life to suit ourselves. And now I've, I'm learning and I've come to understand that I have my own issues and I need to just leave everybody alone. Um, I need to keep the focus on me and watch for my selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fears. I need to stick to my program and stay close to my God. I need to do this stuff in order for me to, to have these promises and to keep these promises. This is a... this. For me to mind my business and take care of me is like an all full time job. I have I have no more time to, to try to arrange everybody else's life, you know, or even my own. Because now I understand that I'm on an adventure and life is exciting and life is good as long as I stay in fit spiritual condition. As long as I stay close to my creator who I've now learned to respect as my creator, and that he has a plan, and that I've learned to put the food down, what my foods are, that I have in a disease, that this is not a game, this is not something I can keep putting off. This is, you know, this is me, me. Patricia, this is who I am, and it's okay. You know, I can love myself for being a compulsive eater. I can love myself, you know. I don't have, it's okay that I'm special, and that's what I call it. I'm, I'm, my body's different than normal people, but, but that only makes me special. So, and it's okay. I'm learning to love myself. I'm learning to accept these changes. And, to, and make, mostly all, stop fighting anyone. Stop fighting. Stop fighting life. 
You know, that's what, that's what I'm learning a lot. I mean, that's like one of my biggest things um, at this point in my recovery, you know, that I've, that I've seen, that I see now, that it's like, wow, I, I, I'm, you know, okay, you know, I had a 17-year-old and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to run his show. You know, he wants to put his dirty clothes on the floor, whatever, and if I will only tell him to pick him up if my higher power tells me to tell him. Otherwise, I'm not saying a word because I don't need... I don't need the. I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? I don't need the the fight back. I don't need. I'm I'm learning to mind my business and let my higher power direct my steps, not anyone else's. Lord, what do you want me to say? You know, if nothing, if nothing comes, I say nothing. You know, and it's so awesome. Anyways, um, thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Patricia. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Patricia in California. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear. Who is who is first? Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. This would be Paula, and um, recovered compulsive Rita. And I'd like to go on that first line. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Looking at the order. Now I said, well, that order is wrong. It's got to be food first, because that's how it was in my life. I didn't see the rest. Fighting anything first, anyone, then the substance. And does it not say on 103, after all our problems were of our own making, bottles were only a symbol? Besides, we have stopped fighting. Here again, anybody or anything, we have to. When you see a fight, you see so much energy. I mean, so much anger, fear. Oh, are they going to get me first or am I going to get them? That's what you see. That's what you are the witness of. That's what you live. But it says here we've ceased fighting. we stopped the fighting now. And then I have to say I'm going to scoot right on to the last line. That is how we react. So long as we keep in fit spiritual conditions. And there are all the promises. There are all the promises. But what's in the middle of the promises? The miracle. Is that not what it says in the middle? And right in the middle, the miracle of it. There it is. Wonderful, extraordinary, supernatural event. And that's it. But then, as I said, and I'm going to return again to that last line, that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. You know, any any good trainer will tell you, and I'm going to go here to a physical trainer, will tell you, well, listen, do this, do that, and do this. And, and you know, your muscle tone will stay the same. You're going to feel better and all, all these wonderful things. Oh, and go try to tell the physical trainer, well, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to take a, a little time off here. Do you know what they'd say? You're going to lose what you found. You have to keep up on this. What you've achieved and this is it. Our trainer is God himself. God himself. And look at what he's given us. A big book, meetings, people to go to, service to do, all those. And it says this is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. That's why I am here this morning, to keep in fit spiritual condition. Thank you, God. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Was there someone else after Paula? Yes, this is Jody in California. Go ahead, Jody. 
Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks, everybody. I absolutely love this paragraph. It's an amazing, amazing set of promises which I have been blessed to achieve, and I'm so grateful. It was a long time in coming for me. And uh, I just want to point out the sentence that says, um, we will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. Um, It's kind of a funny sentence, I think, because yes, it does just come, but it comes. It's not like there's no thought or effort. There is quite a bit of thought and effort on our part in the sense that we need to figure out what we need to abstain from. We need to abstain and we need to work these steps, which takes a lot of thought and a lot of effort. So it's kind of a, yes, it it does come as a result of all of that, but there's a lot of thought and a lot of effort that we put into this program, working the steps, using the tools on a daily basis, figuring out what we need to abstain from and abstaining. Um, But it's all so worth it because this is the result, being relieved of this malady that is uh, all-consuming, as it was for me. And just as the disease is all-consuming, Recovery is is has become for me something that's primary and has to come first in my life. Uh, but the results are freedom, freedom from obsession, and an opportunity to live. I used to live to eat, and now I eat to live to find out who is at the core of the onion and to learn how to love that person and to love others as I love myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. This is Lois. Anyone else? Go ahead, Lois. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, you all. Um, Yeah, this is is such a a beautiful, beautiful um, promise and a program. Um, You know, for me, it's started way back when I was I was so desperate and I, I felt, you know, I was at the end of my rope and I had the gift of desperation and I plunged in, I heard the message and I I wanted, I had no I had no other, you know, it was the last house on the street. And and for me, I think it really began when I was was willing and able, you know, stripped of all other hope, that I was willing to really commit and to um, partner with God in step three, you know, where I asked him daily, you know, to please, you know, guide my thoughts and actions, build with me, build with me as you will, take away my difficulties so the victory over them may be a witness to those I would help of you. And, and, to, and to say that heartfelt, and I, I was able to at that point. I, 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 it was heartfelt. I didn't just say it from my head and then continue on my other way. Because for some reason or other, um, God, God responded. You know, I heard, I felt, and I, I was willing to plunge in and do the, do the work. And um, I got so, um, you know, involved with working those steps one day at a time, 
with my sponsor and listening and reading, you know, that, that you know, it, it was so subtle and so powerful that I was so enmeshed and immersed in um, doing this work and, and taking it so seriously because I was afraid not to. You know, I, I had started in st- many things and, and, and never finished. So I, I was not, I did not want to do that. I was, I, I was persistent. And, and while all this was happening, you know, it, meanwhile, God was working on the underlying issues for me, you know, and he was removing these, you know, through, through steps four to nine. And, and then um, when, you know, after step eight and nine, and I began to feel a little lighter and, and I was beginning to notice that, you know, I had let go of a lot of the past and, and, and my heart was freer and fuller and I was joyous and, and you know, and, and I had, you know, the, the, the obsession with food had been removed for me and it has been too to this day. And and what a miracle of that! It's it's almost as if it, it was happening to me like while I was in boot camp. You know, it kind of reminds me of like boot camp. You know, and um, I, I I wanted to be a marine and and to experience the you know the glory of the corps or whatever it was. But but meanwhile, while I was doing all of this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I was I was a marine. You know, and I felt proud and I felt free, and um, and and that that is here today and because it was such a gift and and a gift of love and such a change that you know i i god willing you know have been able to seek my spiritual condition one day at a time and um you know and and it has been given to me so i just want to um say that from a different perspective and i with that i'll pass thank you janice thank you lois thank you anyone else like to comment on this paragraph Okay, we'll move on to the next paragraph. Katie, would you read that for us? I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. We, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. And this is another very uh, rich paragraph because it's, to me, this is something that we can review daily, and that's what it says. Um, we can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. Um, because it's easy when you, when you hear these other things that say, you know, we've been uh, recovered and we're, um, you know, no longer have any desire for it. Then, you know, I unfortunately have seen people at seven, eight, nine years of abstinence a solid recovery uh, for, you know, for that uh, period of time until, you know, something happens in the last uh, few months before they just decide, you know what, I'm cured, I don't need this anymore. Well, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here, you know, ready to go back to bed because I'm sick, waiting anxiously to have my turn to read with 25 years of abstinence if I didn't think 
that I need to keep working this program. We are not um, cured. Yes, I am recovered. Yes, I do not have to go back to that sick world that I lived in of compulsive overeating. But I cannot rest on my laurels. And, you know, God has seen fit to allow me and to give me the, um, the grace and the mercy to stay abstinent one day at a time for over 25 years. But it's not without effort on my part. I don't just walk into the candy shop every day and, and you know, uh, put it up to my face. I mean, yes, I am able to be around food. There's enough food in my house right now for me to have a very happy little binge. But I am uh, recovered from wanting to do that. And, you know, it is not, I know that that is not God's will for me. So that is why we have to keep going back to God. What do I need to do today? You know, I can't change what has happened in my life or anyone else's life in the past, and I can't project into the future. You know, some people think tomorrow is going to be the end of the world. Well, you know what? I'm not worried about that today. I'm doing what God wants me to do today. And this paragraph is just um, an incredible thing to use on a daily basis. If you can't think of what to do, Come read page 85. It's full of um, very good suggestions of how to get through the moment if you, for some reason, can't make a phone call. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Would someone like to share on this paragraph? I think we have time for one share before we close. This is Patricia. Can I just share something on my experience with this? Go ahead, Patricia. The, the one thing that, because um, that, I have had abstinence for years and then fallen, and one thing about this disease is it tells me I don't have a disease. So I just wanted to share my experience. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. I think we'll close here. And thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Penny C., could you please read that for us? Yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.